Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great pleasure to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Michael Knox, who is an emeritus distinguished university professor at the University of South Florida, chair of the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation, and editor of the U.S. Peace Registry. His anti-war activities began in 1965 in opposition to the war in Vietnam. As a delegate to the 20th National Student Congress, he introduced a successful resolution to hold an anti-war demonstration in August of 67 in front of the White House. In 1970, Michael Knox co-founded a draft counseling center, and in 1971, he blew the whistle on classified Department of So-Called Defense Weapons Research at the University of Michigan. Since then, he has continued to engage in anti-war actions. Dr. Knox founded the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation in 2005 to honor Americans who stand for peace. Take a look at uspeacememorial.org. Michael Knox, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you very much, David, for having me. It's a great honor to be on your uh, on your show. Uh, I should have had you on long before, have been in touch and known of your work for years, but uh, learned some new things from that uh, bio I just read. Um, wonderful work you've been doing. Tell us, tell us briefly, for those who don't know, what is the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation and what is it trying to accomplish? Well, it's a 501c3 not-for-profit public charity uh, its its goal is to honor Americans who stand for peace as a way of changing our culture. Uh, as you well know, uh, based on all, all your writings and all your scholarly work uh, uh, that I've read, our nation is a nation of war. It began in war. It has a long history of waging war from uh, the Native peoples decimated by the U.S. Army to uh, recent bombings of poor people and underdeveloped Middle Eastern and African countries. Uh, so during my lifetime, the U.S. has bombed at least 26 countries that we all know publicly, uh, killing millions of people and naming tens of millions more. And so since the end of World War II, uh, no other country has killed and injured more people living outside of our borders. So clearly there's evidence uh, of a culture of war, and part of sustaining that culture of war is to honor the, the soldiers. War is glorified in our culture. Uh, if you don't turn on the TV, or attend an athletic event, you can go to a school or public meeting where you don't uh, hear them honoring the military. And, of course, that, that reinforces warrior behavior. Uh, we have monuments to wartime presidents. Uh, memorials in Washington to wars, those who have served and died in wars, uh, uh, the military and people who are on the side of war, uh, they receive medals, promotions, ceremonies, uh, even vanity license plates, uh, discounts at Kmart and Home Depot. On the other side of the coin, people who have opposed war publicly uh, often suffer severe um, consequences. Uh, they may be arrested, tear gassed, uh, pepper sprayed. They certainly, certainly don't re receive a salary for their work. In fact, they may uh, uh, may lose income, uh, lose friends, lose jobs, promotions, be beaten by the police, imprisoned, 
you know, all kinds of negative consequences. So our society has the weight on uh, supporting the warrior. That's our American hero. And if, to listen to President Obama over eight years and President Trump, they see someone in uniform in the audience, they will point them out, uh, ask them to stand, say they're a true American hero, the best our nation has to offer, and thank you for your service. And, you know, everyone applauds. And one might ask, why aren't we recognizing teachers, healthcare providers, parents, volunteers, farmers, government employees, you know, service providers of all kinds, especially advocates for peace. So, so the purpose of the foundation really is to balance the picture a little bit. If we wish to move towards a culture of peace, we must recognize and honor the peacemakers. Uh, very well said. Uh, Michael Knox couldn't possibly agree more, and I think it's one of the most important uh, things to be working on. So you've been at the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation. You've been up and running for 13 years or so. What have you been working on? Well, we have three projects, and uh, two of the three are already uh, successfully uh, moving forward uh, in our efforts our efforts are nationwide to honor Americans who stand for peace. We do that by publishing the U.S. Peace Registry, which is a publication that's, that's online but will be a book uh, next year. We award an annual peace prize, and we're planning for the U.S. Peace Memorial as a national monument in Washington, D.C. And I guess during this interview, I'd like to talk about all three of those, those projects specifically and, you know, answer any questions you might have. Uh, absolutely. And I apologize that my telephone just rang. Uh, <laughs> the, the U.S. Peace Registry, let's start with that one. All right. Well, the registry recognizes and documents the work of and basically honors anti-war activists uh, because we think they can help adjust our culture by inspiring more Americans to speak out for peace. So we honor both individuals, Americans, and uh, American U.S. organizations. And we think that um, by honoring them, that we will create role models and that these role models uh, people might look at in the future. If, uh, if people are disturbed by a particular war, maybe not war in general, but a particular war they think is wrong, they might decide to do something, but they might not have any idea what to do, what kind of activities to engage in. Uh, so in the Peace Registry, they can find individuals they might relate. For example, uh, you, might see, you might be in the trades, and you might see someone who is you know, uh, described as a plumber in Detroit, Michigan, with four grandchildren. That's how they describe themselves. And under that, activities that they've engaged in. So knowing who that person is in, in real life, and they're similar to you, maybe you might feel comfortable engaging in these activities. So it's the role model aspect. And then the second aspect is what specific behaviors do these people engage in? And we're actually collecting quite a list. Uh, it'll be well over 400 specific behaviors, <clears throat> a broad range, everything from writing a letter to the editor in your local newspaper in opposition to a particular war or to propose a peaceful solution to
to an international crisis. Everything from the letter to the editor to civil disobedience, uh, you know, chaining yourself to the gate to the White House or blocking entrance to uh, you know, a public hearing in Congress um, for which you're arrested. So it's a broad, broad range. Some people feel more comfortable uh, with civil disobedience, others don't. But it's, um, it's meant to be a guide for others. So we want to honor people, recognize them, hold them up as role models, and then describe in behaviorally specific terms what they do. So in the Peace Registry, if you look at it by going to uspeacememorial.org and clicking on U.S. Peace Registry, the individual section, you'll see each action is bolded <clears throat> the first time that we present it in a person's listing. So, I mean, I have yours up on the screen right now, David, and, you know, there's a one-sentence one description of who you are. Uh, you've received a master's de degree uh, from the University of Virginia in philosophy, that you're an author, an activist, a journalist, a blogger, a radio host, and you live in Charlottesville. So that's one sentence. And then under that, we have the specific activities you've engaged in. And frankly, I mean, you're, you're a tremendous uh, hero of mine looking at, at all of these things that you've done. I'm certainly sure that there have been some negative consequences to you uh, personally, uh, financially or physically or emotionally for doing some of these things. But, you know, we appreciate them. And looking at all the places you've been an invited speaker at, you've been a board member, you've been an advocate, I mean, things like that recent activity I think you did a couple of years ago, the uh, the resolution in your city council regarding uh, uh, in, in opposition to the war in Iran or starting a war with Iran, the anti-drone resolution. I mean, that's an idea that very few people would think of actually going to their local government and trying to get the government to take a stand on something. Right. But then, you know, you've got, you know, your your online course you developed on ending war, uh, your faculty status, all the books you've authored, uh, radio and TV interviews, the organizations you've started. Um, so it's you know, a, it's just a huge list. It's it's a huge project. You're talking about one person, and there are a lot of people, uh, even just in this one little country, uh, and they constantly have to be updated as they change where they're living and what they're doing. Uh, but it's an mm -hmm. it's a, an admirable project, an incredibly valuable project that every peace organization and individual ought to be uh, assisting in. Um, uh, conscious of time, you said three things you wanted to talk about. Another one uh, uh, that I recall was the the uh, a peace memorial a peace monument. Well, let's, let's, uh, as I said, there are three things, and two of them we've accomplished. They, they exist, and people can participate in them. The second one that, that does exist is the, uh, the Peace Prize, uh, which we give annually. And, uh, you know, just, just to read off, you know, a few of the people that, that have won this prize over the years, <clears throat> it started in 2009, uh, with Cindy Sheehan, recognized for her uh, anti-war activism, uh, your old colleague and boss, Dennis Kucinich, in 2010, uh, Noam Chomsky in 2011, uh, Medea Benjamin in, uh, in 2012, uh, uh, Chelsea Manning. Uh, in fact, the quote on the, uh, on the plaque for, uh, for Chelsea Manning was, is kind of interesting. It says, for conspicuous bravery 
at the risk of his, of her own freedom above and beyond the call of duty. Um, and then in Code Pink was our first organization to win <clears throat> the, the award in 2014. Uh, the Honorable Kathy Kelly in 2015, and uh, Veterans for Peace, the second organization, and the Honorable Ann Wright uh, in 2017. So we have, you know, some distinguished people uh, that have won the, the Peace Prize, and that continues. Our founding members are the people who uh, nominate these each year. Last year we had 11 nominations for the Peace Prize, and it's uh, you know it's a, it's a growing thing with more and more interest every year in uh, in being considered for that. Well, they are, um, they are all friends of mine. Apart from organizations, mm-hmm. I guess can't be friends of mine. Uh, so not just Dennis Kucinich. <laughs> well, you're a friend of Code and, Pink, I'm and, sure. Well, certainly, uh, and, and Chelsea Manning, I have actually worked with, but do not know well, and have actually mm-hmm. not met in person ever. But uh, but the rest of them are all friends of mine, and I and I think very deserving. And you know, when someone like Barack Obama receives the Nobel Peace Prize and says, "I can think of lots of people more deserving than myself." I agree with him. I I would start with the list that have received uh, the U.S. uh, Peace Prize from you. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, That's, you know, that's that's indeed the list of people who ought to be getting credit uh, and encouragement. Um, And I think uh, I I think actually it's it's very enjoyable to work for peace and the emotional damage of not doing so would be far greater. And we shouldn't (laughs) we shouldn't discourage people by suggesting it's unpleasant or something. But uh, no, but there are consequences. You have to be brave. And that's what we're trying to show that not only. Is it something you should feel responsible to do? But it takes some courage to do it, and we want people to feel comfortable. Many people who speak out are labeled as un-American, unpatriotic, anti-military, and so society gives you this label, and so people are reluctant to speak out. So our purpose is to highlight what people are doing so people will start understanding it's socially acceptable. It is part of our culture, our long, uh, broad history of people having the courage to speak out against war. And uh, so we're trying to make it more socially acceptable, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And by having people like you in the registry and these Peace Prize recipients and the hundreds of other people that are there, we're beginning to make the point that, you know, these aren't outliers. These are contributors to our society. And that's where we get into the, the third project, which is the one that we will be raising funds for, and that is to build a national monument called the U.S. Peace Memorial in Washington, D.C. And that monument will uh, hopefully uh, draw people to it, and when they, when they arrive, they will have access to the U.S. Peace Registry. So they will, they will see what people have done. They will have the information about the Peace Prize recipients will be on it, and it will be covered with quotations from famous Americans. And our goal is the founding members are actually choosing these right now. And we have some research librarians who are making sure the quotes are precisely accurate. But when when a person comes to the monument and sees a quotation from a George Washington that's anti-war or Benjamin Franklin or other heroes of theirs, people they've read about in the history books, they'll be shocked uh, to see that these people 
said some very strong anti-war statements, and they were, you know, our people labeled as true patriotic Americans. We think that can help change our culture. So, I you know, certainly to, hope to so. Give, yeah, to give you a few ideas, for example, uh, Helen Keller, uh, certainly not known uh, for anti-war statements, but we have a strong statement from her that she says, strike against war, for without you, no battles can be fought. And Albert Einstein, who became an American citizen, I believe that the killing of human beings in a war is no better than common murder. So that's a, an example of a strong anti-war statement from an American that will shock visitors, but also help them to understand that it's okay to speak out against war, and you should speak out against war. So obviously there'll be quotes from Martin Luther King and presidents like President Eisenhower, um, but here's another one I'd like to read it from Margaret Mead, uh, because this really is the essence of our mission. Uh, Margaret Mead, we must devise a system in which peace is more rewarding than war. And that, that really gets to the, uh, to the juxta and the, uh, Indeed. the you know, focus you, that we're trying to achieve. You know, here in Charlottesville, Virginia, where I live, there are famously statues of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson mm -hmm. that, that people imagine are still standing because of racism. And they're actually still mm -hmm. standing because the state of Virginia forbids taking down any war monument. Uh, and, and, and I generally say, you know, we don't have a law against taking down peace monuments. We'd also couldn't find one to take down if we searched for it. But, but this past week, this past week, I was out in Western uh, Virginia, in, in the state of Virginia, not West Virginia, uh, at uh, Eastern Mennonite University. And they have this beautiful big monument called uh, Guns into Plowshare. And it's a giant plowshare made out of little guns. Uh, and it's a beautiful peace monument. They would be allowed to take that down. There's no law against taking that down. But if there was any war monument anywhere around, they would be forbidden to ever take it down. Uh, what? I mean, this seems like a serious problem in our culture, and and yet there are well, peace monuments. What do you what do you think your peace monument will look like? Well, you know, the the founding members will actually make a decision. Obviously, we're going to have to architects and designers and artists involved once we raise sufficient money to get to that position. Um, you know, your, your point about there are peace memorials, there, there are actually very few. In, in yes. Washington, our, you know, our nation's capital, where so many international visitors go and, and children go, I mean, we can have a great impact on children who will see a monument, see people they've read about, understand that, that it's okay to speak out against war. Um, there, you know, Lafayette Park, where you and I have marched many times in front of the White House. Yeah. In that one park, I once, waiting for you know a boring speaker to finish, walked around the park looking at each of the statues. There, I f counted fourteen swords, three spears, and six cannons. You know, and if you if you go around Washington, there are very few monuments that are not to war or where the individuals are not carrying a weapon, a, a sword, That's a right. pistol, a rifle or something. Very, very few. And when you see, like, there's a Gandhi monument in front of the uh, the Indian embassy, but that's not a U.S. monument. That was, you know, paid for by the people of India. 
uh, and there's an Einstein one, but there are very few that are not about war and and yeah. pro-war. So, so uh, but our monument, get back to your question, uh, the current design uh, is like if you were to put the peace symbol, the old uh, nuclear disarmament type peace symbol down on the ground and then build it up one pixel at a time, moving moving up for a couple hundred feet, you would have a structure that would have 12 uh, facets or facades to it. And uh, you can see the design on the U.S., the current design. Of, I'm sure this is just preliminary. It'll be changed probably, but on uspeacefulmore.org you can see that. And there will be, uh, the quotations will be there, plenty of room for these anti-war quotations, plus access, electronic access to the peace registry. So can you imagine, say you're 80 years old and you, you walk on the mall and you come up to the U.S. Peace Memorial with your grandson or granddaughter and you say, well, let's, let's see what Grandpa did uh, to oppose war. And you say your name and up comes your registry in the p- listing with all of those many activities you've engaged in over the years with links, hyperlinks, to go on and see the the article you wrote or the newspaper headline or listen to the interview. All right, think you become an instant role model for that child. You know, you're a hero. You're on a national monument. When you you visit the the Vietnam Memorial Wall, you'll often see older generation Vietnam-era men and women with younger people, and they're basically they're becoming heroes for those people as they talk about their comrades and and the war. Uh, and that's what we need for America. We need a, a symbol of peace and those Americans who have spoken out against war. It's, it's a wonderful vision. You know, I have some friends you're probably familiar with who have been tossing around the idea of a memorial to the victims of U.S. bombing campaigns around the world, mm-hmm. a memorial mm-hmm. in D.C. And, and because land in D.C., especially anywhere near the, the mall, the, the central national mall, uh, would cost a fortune, they've been sort of uh, brainstorming with, you know, will the Methodist building or the Friends Committee on National Legislation building put something mm-hmm. on the side of their building? or put a monument on the, on the roof of their building and carry people up there and so forth. I mean, how do you, how can you possibly, you know, get land in D.C. for a, for a <laughs> memorial? Well, I mean, they're extending, uh, the National Park Service is extending the areas where they'll put national memorials. Obviously, the primo spot is on the mall, but there are other areas that are being developed along the Potomac. Um, our, the footprint of our memorial is, is pretty small, and, uh, you know, it's a matter of uh, money as well. I, the Martin Luther King Memorial, I think the most recent one around, which has a very nice anti-war quote on one of the stones, uh, that was well over $100 million. I think it was $120 million. And uh, not only do you have to have the, the money to design it, and build it, but you have to have sufficient funds to maintain it into perpetuity. The National you know, Mall or any of those parks yeah. uh, is kind of, I guess, the, the front porch of the nation, and they don't want things deteriorating like some of those monuments have. So there's a significant amount of money, and we have not uh, gone public yet with our campaign to raise funds. And I think that that's going to be the difficult part. We 
we set some benchmarks that we must achieve before we go public. And one of those, or two of them actually, is that we have a thousand founding members representing all 50 states. And at this point, we have uh, 40 states plus uh, Puerto Rico, the District of Columbia, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So we're missing 10 states. That's 80% of our goal. But in terms of founding members, we only have uh, 337. So we need 663 more of those. And, uh, you know, we need some from these these states that we're missing uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a long haul just to get to the point where we can say in our first press release, we have a thousand founding members representing all 50 states who are, you know, ready and, and willing to build this. So, you know, it's, the, a, it's a long process. The, the U.S. Mint, we've got just a few minutes left, but I wonder, this may be completely off track and unhelpful, but, you know, the U.S. military has... Uh, admits to having troops in 175 countries. Uh, I often think, given where the damage is done by the U.S. military, the world ought to have a vote in U.S. elections. I wonder why people outside, <laughs> the other 94% of humanity, couldn't pitch in, wouldn't have an interest in a peace monument in Washington, D.C. Well, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up in, in our annual report, which is available uh, on our website under the About Us thing, our 2017 annual report. This pleased to report that for the first time we had contributions from other countries. We actually had three founding members, I think uh, the U.K., Switzerland, and Costa Rica, that joined us uh, last year, and that was for the first time. And they, they wrote about... Uh, you know, there are real concerns about the U.S. and this militarism. I mean, no other country uh, is behaving like this or has in my lifetime. Uh, you know, you, you're you talking about uh, invading, uh, killing people from eight different countries this year. I mean, that that is crazy uh, that, the, that the world would let us get away with that. And the fact is that that these, these countries that were killing, wounding, and making refugees of people in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Syria, uh, Najjar, you know, these, these are predominantly Muslim countries who were killing children. If any other country and its allies had such a specific ethnic religious focus, the world would call it genocide. And yet we continue to do it under president. Well, under three presidents now, four presidents. I mean, well, it I, is. I, I, I'm not doing it. A government I oppose is doing it. But yeah. use, use the first person <laughs> at your own discretion. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, these wars are in our name, and you and I and the you know people in the registry and thousands of other Americans are speaking out. But most Americans are not, and we need to, to make them understand this is their war. And they have to take action. They have a responsibility to to stop it. Uh, 30 seconds left, Michael Knox. Can can anyone anywhere listening to this contact you at uspeacememorial.org and become a founding uh, member? Absolutely, uspeacememorial.org. We need volunteers. We need founding members. uh, We need people to send us their applications to be in the registry for themselves, their organizations. Um, they need to look at the registry. So I hope they'll look at uspeacefulmoral.org, consider joining us as a founding member, 
at least get on our listserv. There's a button for doing that. And, uh, you know, write to me directly if you want more information at knox at uspeacememorial.org. K-N-O-X at uspeacememorial.org. Very well said. Michael Knox is the chair of the U.S. Peace Memorial Foundation. Michael, thank you very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you so much, David. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.